Good morning and welcome to Tuesday morning, December the 15th in 2020 on When I Rise. We're currently in year B, the fourth Sunday of Advent as we get closer and closer to Christmas Day, celebrating the first arrival of Jesus as we long for the second and the reappearing return of Jesus. So on Tuesdays of the week, we'd like to take a look at the Psalm for the week, which is Psalm 89 verses 1 through 4 and then verses 19 through 26. So I'll read that passage provide a couple points for reflection, then we'll spend our time praying along as theme. So thanks for making this part of your morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Psalm 89 verses 1 through 4 and 19 through 26. A maskil of Ethan the Ezraite. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth I will make your faithfulness known throughout all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in the heaven itself. You have said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who are in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? And then verses 19 through 26. Once you spoke in a vision to your faithful people, you said, I have bestowed strength on a warrior. I have raised up a young man from among the people. I have found David my servant. With my sacred oil, I have anointed him. My hand will sustain him. Surely my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not get the better of him. The wicked will not oppress him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down his adversaries. My faithful love will be with him, and through my name his horn will be exalted. I will set his hand over the sea, his right hand over the rivers. He will call out to me, You are my Father, my God, the Rock, my Savior. This is the word of God for us. Psalm 89 is grouped with some other psalms, such as Psalm 2, Psalm 45, Psalm 72, and Psalm 110, that we call the royal psalms or the kingly psalms, uh, for they speak of God's interesting relationship with the king that he has established in Israel. Now, as we talked about yesterday in 2 Samuel chapter 7, David is at the centerpiece of this great rhetoric of how does God use somebody mighty who's got ambition and who's in control? And we see that David and God had this really interesting relationship. Because on the one hand, David had a heart that sought God. And on the other hand, David had a heart that sought his own ends. And he wanted to take matters into his own hands. And so what we have in Psalm 89 is a bit of a reflection on the 2 Samuel chapter 7 passage. What does it exactly mean for a king to be installed by God himself? One of the great rhetorical pieces of the whole Bible is what do we do as God's people and those of us who possess power? I mean, from the very beginning, God created human beings in his image and in his likeness. And then we look further in Genesis chapter 2 when God created Adam. He placed him in the garden in order to keep it. And that original Hebrew word means to like to govern it and to see, to control it, right? And so we look at a place like Psalm chapter 8. We look at human beings. God created us lower than the heavenly beings, but he crowned us with glory and splendor. The word glory is the Hebrew word kavod, which means a heaviness, that we're going to have weight 
in the earth. And so even though the highest heavens belong to God, the psalm says he's given earth to the hands of people. And so one of the things that God sifts us is, is what do we do when we have power? And what we know about Psalm 89 is that it was a, an important fixture of the early church. We look at a lot of the passages um, that have Old Testament scripture quotations, particularly in the Gospel of Luke and in the book of Acts, they come back again and again to this psalm, including those times where Peter and Paul, the early Jewish leaders in the church, when they were appealing to their brothers and sisters of Israel, they would go back to Psalm 89 because they're trying to thread the needle. Jesus, whom you guys crucified, is the son of David, the chosen one, the promised one that God was destined to give us. And so repent, turn from your ways, change your mind, embrace him instead of scorning him. Embrace us instead of scorning us. And so here we have this interesting picture about what it means to be a leader in the New Testament church. On the one hand, we can't shake this impulse that we have inside of us that God wants us to be his image bearers and to do that to order the world around us. But we do so in humble obedience to God because there's already someone in the first chair and that's Jesus. So any of the rest of us, if we have any sort of leadership function, whether it be in businesses, in our homes, in our churches, uh, in the community around us, we serve as one at least in the second chair, if not further down. Because there is a principle in the scripture which says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to humble and to the humble. And grace is not just the unmerited favor of God for salvation and forgiveness of sins, but grace is also an empowerment. So if we want to be empowered as God's people, we take the lowly position in order for God's grace to rest upon us so that we can lead with the strength that God provides. And on his best days, David exemplified this type of leadership. He sought the Lord. He worshiped before the Lord. And he gave honor to God on his worst days. David allowed this impulse, this ambitious impulse to get the best of him. And he tried to crowd that one first chair seat. He tried to sit on himself. And so may David's life be a message to us. Yes, we can strive. We can have ambition. We can shape the world around us but we do so in second chair and not in first chair because we trust ourselves totally to the one who is faithful, the one who donated his life and got vindicated from the grave, the one whom we seek during this Advent season. So let's spend some time praying along these themes this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that you give us this great principle in in the word which says that if we want to gain our life we must choose to lose it and if we try choose to keep our life we will lose it in the end and so god you give us this great test today whether we're going to embrace our own life or we're going to donate it back to your service and so god i pray that above all else that you would find in all of our hearts this morning as we pray to you and allow our souls to rise and meet you a heart that's lowly that's moldable a spirit that's teachable so that not only can we learn the way of grace, but also so that we can see the great potential in the world around us. God, it's still true that you've created us in your image and in your likeness, and it's still true that you've placed us in the world to govern it and to bear witness to who you are and to influence the world around us. So we think that those calls are not irrevocable, that that's part of what it means to be human, that you've crowned us with glory and splendor. But God, this day you ask us, 
to give and you give us the license to donate our life back to you. And so God, this day, that's our desire. Our desire is for one thing, and that's to seek the face of our God. So we seek your face in prayer this morning. We seek your face in our work throughout this whole day. Uh, We seek your face as we interact with people around us. We seek your face in moments of tension when we can lose our uh, temper, where we can act out in anger, or that we can be people of peace. And so God, this day, as we give ourselves to you and as we donate the day in front of us back to you, God, we pray that you would be with us, that you would sustain us, that you would empower us to live our life today the way Jesus would. And I pray that as we do so, that we would see his resurrection power in the world around us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.